The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Saturday afternoon, June 10th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode, but but a bit of a short one because we only have one match to talk about. It will be the men's final in the French Open between Djokovic and Rude. So should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to the match uh, taking place tomorrow. But before I actually get into the preview for that match, do have some housekeeping things to take care of. First things first, we have officially decided on a winner for the 100th episode gift card sweepstakes. So just to actually explain the process I had for selecting a winner, I said it was going to be chosen at random, and it was. I took the reviews, the people that qualified, that sent me messages on Twitter and left a review. I ended up putting each of them as a separate number in a number generator, hit the random button, and whatever name ended up corresponding to the number ended up winning and as a result the winner of the sweepstakes the first ever sweepstakes we've had on the tennis show was bmcd one two three four so congratulations bmcd one two three four message me on twitter and i'll let you know how you can get your gift card but other than that though did want to announce that so once again the winner of the sweepstakes was bmcd one two three four so now that we got that out of the way now it's time to actually recap how we did on the last episode which was for the women's final and overall it was a decent uh, episode for us we ended up splitting the lock and dog picks we won the lock we had mukova plus the six at minus 120 whatever spread you got ended up winning six five and a half whatever either way the point is the match turned into a very entertaining matchup and you ended up seeing Swiatek get pushed to the brink but Swiatek won again and besides that we ended up losing the dog as we had the first four games in the first set to be a 2-2 score on the scoreboard that did not happen Swiatek went up three nothing immediately and we ended up losing immediately but either way that was plus 187 I still like the price in principle getting plus 187 for either four holds in a row or maybe one break apiece. But either way, Swiatek came out swinging in the first set, and it seemed like nerves did get the best of Mukova in that first set, and even a little bit of the, a little bit of the second set. And then Mukova settled in, and you had yourself a full-on war. But either way, ended up winning the lock and losing the dog. So it could have been worse, but still would have been nicer to get the sweep. Anyway, time to actually transition into the men's side. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll actually just go through the women's match, just my takeaways first. So the match itself was really a tale of two halves. You had the first half, which was Swiatek dominating, which is what I feel like most people thought would happen when they looked at the matchup on paper and saw a minus 900 or minus 850 favorite. And then Mukova settled in. She stopped hitting as many unforced errors, just played extremely solidly. And as a result, she got back into the match. And it's really a story of... Uh, I don't want to, you know, kind of just do a generalization of women's tennis on clay, but it was really a battle of who could actually hold serve because neither player could hold serve for about the last set and a half. And if you actually look at the uh, breaks of serve in the match, you had 12 combined between the two of them. It was one of those sets, the third set in particular, where they just kept breaking each other back and forth. I believe there were five breaks in the third set alone. And you knew at some point, the first player to hold is going to win. And Swiatek ended up holding, fought off a break point, and ended up winning a deuce game in 
her service game, which I believe was at 4-4 to give her 5-4. Then Mukova got broken, including the double fault there at the end. But it was really one of those matchups where Swiatek, who even though she is the number one player in the world and even though she is great on clay, she really needs to improve the serve. The serve is just not good enough. And I know that she's gotten up to this point uh, despite having a bit of a weakness for the serve. But I mentioned it during the match breakdown. I thought that Mukova would get some breaks because Swiatek's second serve is atrocious. And when Swiatek's first serve percentage dipped in the second set, you ended up seeing Mukova break through a couple of times. Then when Swiatek was in trouble in that 4-4 service game, what bailed her out of it was the first serve. She had a couple of nice serves up the middle, and that ended up resulting in a couple of free points. And as a result, she ended up holding on. Mukova fought fought valiantly, but at the end of the day, uh, Swiatek's just too talented, and some of the unforced errors once again ended up uh, playing a factor in the third set for Mukova. She had a couple of lob attempts, which were a little bit long. Swiatek had a couple of putaways at the net, which she butchered, but the point is Mukova... Instead of trying to either bomb it past Swiatek or to hit a passing shot, she went for the lob a couple of times, and she ended up overcooking it on several occasions. But it was a fun match, just simply put. I, it looked like it was going to be a route, and I thought we were going to go 0-2 on the podcast because Swiatek was immediately up 6-2 in the first set, and then you ended up seeing her up 3-0 in the second set, and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be over in about 20 minutes. Swiatek's probably going to win 6-2, 6-1, something like that. And then Mukova ended up fighting back, and... I got to give her props. She had a chance to serve it out at 5-4, got broken, didn't get discouraged, though, broke back immediately and ended up holding it out in the uh, 6-5 game to win the set 7-5. So overall, impressive showing by Mukova. Swiatek showed a lot of resiliency because it looked like she was going to, wait, showed a lot of resilience? I'm going to say toughness because, once again, I might have butchered that uh, vocab session there. But she showed a lot of mental toughness. Because not only did she lose the second set, but she also went down 2 nothing immediately in the third set. And then she won the next three games, then went down a break again at 3-4, at a 3-3. So she was down 3-4 and then ended up winning uh, the last, yeah, three games to win the match six, to win the final set 6-4. So once again, congrats to Swiatek. Not shocked she won. She was minus 120 to win the event before it started. I do think, though, I know that I've been calling her female Nadal on clay. That might be a little bit overboard. And I know that it was overboard when I said it because Nadal's won the French Open, I don't know, about 95 times. But I still think she is the best women's clay player I've ever seen. But she does have a couple of moments where it's not necessarily easy. And I can't really compare that to Nadal because Nadal's cruised through so many French Opens over the years. And I do think, once again, I got to find a better comp. But you get my point. The point is Swiatek's the best player on clay. It's not even close. And Mukova did give her a great run. But unfortunately, the clock struck midnight on the Cinderella story. And Swiatek ended up winning another Grand Slam. But either way, uh, now it's time to transition over to the men's final. And I think before we actually get into the odds, I want to briefly recap the semifinal matches just for some context. So starting off with the Djokovic and Alcaraz match, of course, we had the brutal beat of the over in that match at 37 and a half. And you ended up having a perfect storm for the first two sets because you had 21 games with each player winning a set. It was guaranteed four minimum, maybe five. And we needed 17 games in the final two sets. Then Alcaraz ended up cramping in the second game of the third set. 
Djokovic proceeded to win 12 of the last 13 games in the match, and the total died. Now, of course, was Djokovic fortunate that Alcaraz got hurt? Yes. Anytime you have a serious war on your hands and your opponent gets injured and you basically get gifted a free win out of nowhere, of course there is some luck involved. I'm not going to suddenly dismiss it. Now, am I saying that Alcaraz was going to win if he did not get hurt? I'm not fully saying that either. Now, I know I picked Alcaraz initially to win that match in around four sets, and he did win the second set. Djokovic's elbow was acting up again, and Djokovic's serve was a serious problem because he was dropping a lot of velocity on his serve late in that second set, early third. But then he kind of ramped it back up again as the match went on. But Djokovic still looked really good, just simply put. He looked like a wall in the first set. Alcaraz settled in. And Djokovic made the second set a bit of a sweat there for Alcaraz because Alcaraz was actually up, I believe it was 5-3 in the second set. And then Djokovic ended up breaking and then he ended up uh, losing that set 7-5, as I said before. But the point is Alcaraz uh, was a little bit, I'd say, overwhelmed by the situation, which he stated in the post-match presser where he said that facing off against Djokovic in a Grand Slam semi was a little bit too much for him. And I remember that he had a similar emotional issue against Tommy Paul of all people. I believe that was in Montreal last year where he lost in the first round in a three set war. And he said after the match that the atmosphere got him a little bit shaken and Alcaraz was cramping. He had a hand cramp. Then that translated to a full body cramp, basically. And Alcaraz had too much pride to uh, retire. So Djokovic ended up getting a free win, basically. But once again, Djokovic still looked really good. I'm not taking it away from him. I am just saying, though, that anytime you are in the middle of a war and then suddenly your opponent gets hurt and you have a free win, basically, that is a bit fortunate. But Djokovic, once again, on the verge of winning a record Grand Slam title here. And he's also trying to keep the calendar Grand Slam alive. And since most people think he's going to win Wimbledon, it's actually doable, potentially, which would be pretty fun. But either way. Uh, that's going to recap my thoughts on that Djokovic-Alcaraz match. A lot of fun. First two sets were just all-time stuff. And then, unfortunately, injury kind of robbed us of what was great tennis theater. But moving into the next match, though, you had the dessert, I guess, because still, once again, for some reason, the Rude Zverev match came after Alcaraz-Djokovic, which didn't make any sense. But still, uh, you had Rude, who absolutely dominated. And Zverev was a favorite going into the match. As some of you might remember, I was shocked, and I said that Rude on the money line at even money was a joke. I thought he should have been minus 130, give or take. And unfortunately, I did get greedy. I didn't think Zverev would be that bad. I picked Rude to win and each player to win a set at plus 175. However, Zverev looked brutal. Just simply put, the unforced errors were bad. The backhand wasn't good. Even the forehand wasn't good. It really just felt like Rude outlasted Zverev in a bunch of rallies, and Zverev at some point would just hit the ball out of play, and Rude just got gifted a lot of free points. Now, I know Zverev was playing some great tennis entering the semifinal, and for the record, he was brutal in the, in that match. I mean, you get bageled in the final set. It tells you what you need to know. But I'm not going to fully blame Zverev in general. Of course, it was a bad showing, but I have to give props to Rude because Rude was really, really good. There's really no way around it. I mentioned how Zverev was hitting the ball all over the doubles alley and even past the baseline Rude was consistent. He really just looked sharp. He ended up winning 71% of his first serve points, six, uh, 53% of his second serve points. For comparison, Zverev won 55% and 45% 
Uh, Rude only got broken one time in the entire match. Did have to face nine breakpoints, but he fought off eight of them. So Zverev did have some chances, but Rude handled the high-pressure situation quite well. I believe the turning point in the match was... I know Rude was already up a set, but Zverev ended up having love 40 on a Rude service game in the second set. Rude held on, then Zverev ended up having to face, having to fight off a love 40 situation while serving, and Rude broke him. So it seemed like those two games were really the story of the match, where it was 2-1 Zverev in the second set, love 40, and Zverev proceeded to lose every other point in that service game. Rude held, and then you ended up having a, the same situation at 3-3, and Rude ended up breaking Zverev. So that was the deciding factor there and Root proceeded to win the final seven games of the match. So Root looked really good, and I have to give him props because, once again, he's done very well over the last couple of rounds against good competition, beating the likes of Jari in straight sets, beat Rune in four, and beat Zverev in three. So he's been playing really well, but of course now he's got to face off against the greatest player of all time. And just a reminder, if you are in a Dollar Federer fan, and you are, I don't want to say in denial about, about Djokovic being the best player of all time, but if you are still holding on by a threat at this point, if Djokovic wins this match, he will win every Grand Slam event three-plus times. It's over. I'm just saying. If Djokovic wins this, it's over, because once again, he'll be the only player to win each Grand Slam at least three times. Nobody else has ever done that, and Djokovic will have the most Grand Slam titles of all time. It's a wrap. So if you're a Nadal or Federer fan, you're probably rooting for Rude in this one. Uh, but just going to throw it out there. As a Djokovic fan, I personally think he's already the greatest of all time. But if you want to make any arguments there, I do think one more Grand Slam might put the argument to bed. But anyway, time to get into the actual odds for this match. Djokovic is a hefty favorite at minus 470. Rude is plus 380 the other way. As for games, you have Djokovic at minus 5.5 and minus 115. Rude plus 5.5 and minus 105. As for the over-under, it's at 37.5 and minus 115 to the over, minus 105 to the under. You have alt lines, though. 36.5, the over is minus 130. The under is even money. And you have the uh, lines being flipped at 38.5. The over is even money. And the under is minus 130. So to go through the head-to-head -head between these two players... Uh, they faced off a couple of times, uh, four times exactly, and Djokovic has owned them. In fact, Root has never won a set. Now, to go through the actual surfaces, they faced off on hard court in 2022 in the ATP Finals. It was actually the final, and I remember in that match, we gave out Root to not win a set, and Djokovic won in straight sets, so he looked very sharp. Then they also faced off in Rome in the semis last year, and Djokovic won that one 6-4, 6-3. They faced off in the ATP Finals again in 2021. That was in the group stage. Djokovic won that one 7-6-6-2. Uh, and they faced off in 2020 in the semis in Rome again. And they faced off uh, in a pretty similar scoreline here where Djokovic won 7-5-6-3. So the point is, they faced off, it's kind of weird, they faced off four times in their careers, but only at two events. Two times in the ATP Finals and two times in Rome. But either way, Djokovic has never dropped the set, and we'll see if Rude can break through. Now, I have to give props to Rude, because even though Djokovic is going for a historical Grand Slam title, Rude has made a Grand Slam final in three of the last five Grand Slams, and I feel like that's not being talked about enough, because he's been really good 
And I know Rude had a bit of a rough start to the year. He ended up going on an exhibition tour with Nadal, and that might have taken some of the stamina out of him during the offseason into the start of the season. But he found his footing on clay, which he always does. And as a result, he has looked really good. Now, for the sake of this match, do I think that Rude is going to win? No. I think that simply put, Djokovic is just an animal. Once again, I think he's the best player of all time. And I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same thing that happened in the French Open final last year, where Rude hangs around a little bit against Nadal, and then eventually Nadal breaks him mentally, and Rude lost. I think it was the last nine games of that match. He got absolutely buried. But the point is, I do think at some point Djokovic will break through, and I wonder if Rude's mental demons will come back because he's he's facing off against a guy that he's never beaten. And what made the big three so powerful, besides the fact that Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic are the three best players in the history of the sport, it's the fact that mentally they were tougher than anybody else ever was, and you knew at some point if they applied enough consistent pressure, the opponent was going to fold. There was an aura about all three of them, and there still is with Djokovic, that if you were in a close match and you make one mistake, you're going to lose. That's just how powerful these guys are. And the fact that Rude, even though he has been good so far in this event, especially the last three rounds, he still had to face off, uh, fight off, or at least face nine break points against Zverev. And Djokovic being the best returner of all time, I do think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to break Rude's serve. And the problem that you might run into, though, if you want to back Djokovic, is the fact that his elbow, once again, was acting up in that Alcaraz match. And for at least a small little time period in the match, his velocity drastically dropped, and you saw Alcaraz break him a couple of times. So I do think Djokovic, once again, if the elbow is going to be a problem and the serve is going to be a potential issue then you might see a lot of breaks in this match. So just keep an eye out for that. I know that you can bet on total breaks in the match. But let me just quickly see if I could find exactly what that price is. Uh, so you have seven and a half total breaks in the match. Djokovic to break five times or more is minus 150. To break four times or less, plus 110. Root to break, uh, to break three times is a minus 120. Two times or less is minus 120. So seven and a half, it depends how long you think the match is going to be. Uh, but I do think you might see a decent amount of breaks in this match. For the sake of the overall prediction, I do think Rude is going to do something that he has not done before against Djokovic. I think he's going to win a set. I'm not picking Djokovic to win in straight sets. I know that he was, he's been playing great tennis, but still, I do have to give Rude props for looking this good against good competition over the last three rounds. And I do think that, once again, Rude being in another Grand Slam final, especially in the French Open, after the debacle that happened last year, I think there's room for mental growth. And I do think that he's going to learn from that experience. Having to not face off against the best clay player of all time definitely helps. But I do think that Rude will have moments in this match, and I do think he'll be able to win a set. Now, am I picking him to win the match? No, I didn't say that. I think that Djokovic is going to win because I do think at some point Rude is going to hit a couple unforced errors. Djokovic will apply too much pressure to service games, and Rude will eventually blink, and Djokovic will win probably in four, if I had to guess. But I do think Rude's going to go without uh, going to go a little bit noisily. I don't see him going quietly. I think you're going to see a bit of a war at times in this match, but I do think Djokovic eventually is going to be too consistent and he's going to be too good, and I think Rude's going to lose in probably four. But to go through uh, the actual 
I'd say leans on the sides in total here. I'm going to lean to the under at 38 and a half. I don't feel great about it per se, but I can see a potential blowout set here. Maybe a 6-2 in there. If Djokovic's serve struggles, maybe Rude can win a set 6-3. But if Rude ends up getting broken early in the third set, you might see a Fakina situation where he might just be exhausted and basically roll over in the final set, which is definitely going to help out the under. But I do think for the sake of this overall match, I think I'm just going to lean to the under, basically, because I do think, once again, when you're looking at how this match is going to play out, I just think Djokovic is going to win, and I think that his style of play has really just given Rude so many problems over the years. I don't see that really changing, but I think Rude's going to make a small step forward, but he's not going to make the giant leap. But besides that, though, uh, I'll lean to Djokovic on the games. I think I feel better about four and a half, because uh, I do think there might be a blowout set in the cards, but still, I do think, once again, Djokovic probably wins and covers. But if Rude ended up covering, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But anyway... That's going to wrap it up for my overall match uh, preview. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before I actually do that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which you can use as an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even use the opportunity to create a great middle or even hedge opportunity. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge 0% interest. Do you know of another way to access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost can be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or even monthly limits all across your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up the sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of other ways to win in the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the men's final in the French Open between Djokovic and Rude. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks for the show. Starting off with the lock, I'm actually going to take a prop that I hope is available for most of you. Uh, but for this one, it's kind of correlated to the under in a way, uh, but not really. It's going to be how many tiebreakers will be in the match. And I'm going to take the zero. I'm going to take the under half a tiebreaker at minus 110. I think minus 110 is a good price. You're looking at Rude so far in this event, and he's barely gone to any breakers. In fact, he only went to one breaker, and that was against Jari, who's a very big server. That's the only breaker he's been to. Now, he's had a couple of 7-5 sets, uh, but the point is I do think looking at the head-to-head -head once again, they went to one tiebreaker on hard court in 2021. But you're looking at the other three matches, no breakers. The two matches on clay, no breakers. And if you do think Djokovic wins in straight sets, then you're looking at, once again, a limited number of opportunities for tiebreakers because you only have three sets. Now, I'm picking four, so I do think that there's going to be a little bit more opportunity. But I mentioned before how Djokovic has given Rude problems in the past and how Rude has had to fight off a lot of breakpoints in this event, especially against Zverev in the last round, despite how... 
I'd say straightforward the match looked on paper. The point is Djokovic, I think, is going to be able to break Rude a decent amount. And I do think with Djokovic's elbow, there might be opportunities where Rude's able to break Djokovic. So if you end up getting a spot where each player breaks one time in a set and we lose, then that's definitely unfortunate. But do I see a world where neither player breaks in the span of 12 12 straight games in a set? That I don't. I think you're going to see a lot of breaks in this match. And I do think, once again, because of that, since it is on clay, which promotes more breaks anyway, I don't see each player holding six service games in a row at the same time. So I do think with that being the case, there is some value on the no tiebreaker in the match at minus 110 and the head-to-head back set up and the fact that Rude, once again, has only been to one breaker in the entire tournament, I think definitely helps out. But for the sake of this lock, I am going to go with Djokovic and Rude under half a tiebreaker in the match, and that pays out a minus 110 on bet 365. Moving on to the dog pick for the show. We're going to go back to one of our favorite props. Unfortunately, ended up losing in the last episode because we took Rude to win and each player to win a set, but that's why we're going to switch players. We're going to take the same prop. We're going to take Djokovic to win and each player to win a set at plus 110. Simply put, looking at the actual matchup here i know that i said before rude has never won a set against djokovic but i do think djokovic's elbow injury might level the playing field for a little while maybe a set you might see a drop in a level from djokovic serving and you might end up seeing rude break through but simply put i still think rude's looked really good in this event and i'm not going to suddenly dismiss him entirely as being a quote-unquote threat i don't think it's a serious threat it's not defcon one but i'll give him defcon three status If you're from America, you know what I'm talking about. But still, I do think, once again, when you're looking at how these players match up, Djokovic is better. I think he's going to win. It's also a good value play. I know that if you followed my YouTube picks in the past that I do every day, for UFC, when I was breaking down MMA stuff on occasion, I would be a big fan of taking exact methods because you'd be able to take a minus 500 favorite, minus 800 favorite, pick his normal way of winning, and get the juice down to like even money or even plus money in some cases for Djokovic to be minus 470 and you can get him to win and each player to win a mat to win a set at plus 110 you're saving over four dollars like I think that's just a very good value play and yes I know that Djokovic can still win in straight sets I'm aware that's a possibility straight sets for Djokovic is like plus 150 but the point is I do think that looking at a way to cut into the juice while I think Djokovic is going to win the match, that's definitely the way I'm going to approach this. So give me Djokovic to win and each player to win a set at plus 110 on bet 365. So once again, to uh, recap the lock and dog picks, the lock for the show is going to be no tiebreakers in the match at minus 110 on bet 365. And the dog for the show will be Djokovic money line and each player to win a set at plus 110 on bet 365. That's going to wrap it up for the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. You can find me on the NBA show. You can find me on WNBA show. Find me on the uh, MLB show. Find me on this show. Yeah, I'm on a bunch of podcasts. You get the point. But I do want to quickly, before we officially end this, I do want to briefly look at the ATP schedule so you know what our plans are. But it is going to be grass season, so get excited. It's a very limited uh, time to bet on grass. We saw a couple of long shots win last year, most notably uh, Van Rithoven. So we'll see how many uh, potential 
long shot winners you can have. But for the sake of the upcoming schedule, we have two uh, tournaments to talk about. We have the Boss Open taking place in Stuttgart, and we have the tournament I just mentioned in the Netherlands, which Van Rithoven won last year. So we do have the Boss Open and the Labima, or the Labema Open. I'll learn how to pronounce that for next time. But either way, the point is, two grass uh, tournaments to preview in the next episode. Should be doing that probably on uh, either Sunday night or Monday, so keep an eye out for that. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.